wiggle, 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 whack. I'm come stopping with something pumping to keep you jumping. R&B, rapping, bull crap is what I'm dumping. Ain't nothing soft about crisscross. We all at two in the X. Do they rock? Say believe it. Oh, 
was a lowercase G, but now I'm a big G. The girls say I got your money, hundred dollar bills, y'all. If you were from where I'm from, then you would know that I gotta get mine in a big black truck. You can get yours in a six ball. Whatever it is, the party's underway. So tip up your cup and throw your hands. Records and we're making the dash. Oh, I'm buzzing the Welcome to KCC Live 99.8 on your FM dial, the station with attitude. And once again, this is the Tunnel Vision, your show that looks at films and film art, filmmakers, as well as their soundtracks of the times. And uh, your host is me, Chase Johnston Lynch, and my partner beside me on the couch is Phil Bill. What's up, Phil? Evening, Chase. Good to see you, man. So this is, a, Phil loves to always also point out that we're from Liverpool Online, and it's a Liverpool Online takeover it of KCC. The, it's the takeover, and everything bro. Because we usually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we usually do podcasts and everything. I usually do, like, uh, you know, film uh, podcasts on our um, channel, and Phil does a uh, music podcast with his music show and everything else like that. So, like, uh, we're we're glad to join forces here at KCC, the station with Attitude Absolutely. here in Liverpool. We've got Attitude, just like KCC. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, so as usual, we look at our tours, um, you know, in a triptych, a triptych of their films. And uh, this week's choice is going to be an interesting one. It's going to be Ron Howard. Absolutely. Right. Opie. Uh, Happy Days, Richie Cunningham. Richie Cunningham. You know, who's been directing since he was a teenager. Well, it feels that way, doesn't it? Well, yeah, you know, he even came out of the Roger Corman school. That's right. And everything. He doesn't like to talk about that as his first film, but it was uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, that's <laughs> You right. know, yeah. and everything like that. But no, I heard him in an interview say something else was his first film and everything. But yeah, okay, Richie. Uh, whatever you're going to say. <laughs> but what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, an interesting uh, mix because he has such an expansive 
massive uh, filmography. Absolutely. Probably needs like a part one and two. Yeah. Um, but what that. we just, what we chose to look at was um, being here in Liverpool. We chose to look at um, the um, documentary Eight Days a Week. Turing Days of the Beatles. Um, then we're also going to look at Parenthood, uh, one of his many family-oriented films because, uh, you know, he's all about ensembles and everything, which is great. And then um, what I like and Phil didn't like and now be interested in one <laughs> is Apollo 13. Absolutely. And everything. So, like, uh, you know, um, but it shows a wide range of films from one filmmaker. Such a variety. Just in those three, really. Just yeah. in those three, absolutely. So we've got a drama documentary, we've got a fantastic creation uh, uh, in terms of, a, a, like you say, a family drama, a comedy, really, mm -hmm. uh, which is obviously completely fictional, but yeah. partly biographical. And mm -hmm. then you've got a documentary, so there's a, a wide range of types of film, just in those three, yeah. Now, I got to be honest, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, um, it was like going to the dentist because, you know, um, Phil, when he said, hey, eight days a week, what? Now, the thing about it is, be honest, I haven't even heard of this film um, because I completely enjoy Get Back, yeah. which everybody's recently seen. Yeah. But this film, is, I think about, like, what, four years old? Or? Yeah, it's 2016, so a bit like six years old now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, um, it passed me by when it first came out right? Um, and everything. And then Phil was going on about how great it was. And I was like, oh. he said, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I'm like, oh. Oh, pull my teeth, dentist. Oh. <laughs> you know, but I. I mean, I think I was saying to Phil, you know, like uh, before is like, you know, that's what's really interesting about our dynamic is, is that, uh, you know, we both have a good love of film and um, we have interesting conversations about it, don't Absolutely. we? You know, so like in that case is that I forced me to sit down and watch it and I said, <laughs> oh, God. And then all, then all, it all flooded back to me my love of uh the beatles music and stuff Fantastic. and it's great it's great documentary yeah and stuff so uh eight days a week so let's start um yeah you know um i think it was a project that had been going on for years in the background because uh what they had to do to to to, to get to, to this level of of uh, quality of production quality of sound particularly um, was they had to do a heck of a lot of digitising and remastering and oh, yeah. collating all sorts of sources to get the actual material that goes up there on the screen. No, exactly, exactly. And, you know, this is... Because uh, remember, like, when we look at films, we look at, like, the authorship. So we look at, like, the, the filmmaker. And, like, um, Ron Howard is, is, is masterful... Uh, with all of his films. I mean, there's so many in the name going all the way back to Splash, Absolutely. Beautiful Mind, Night Shift. And, uh, oh, that's what he said was like, kind of like his first film and everything. It wasn't, but, uh, because it, wasn't. Say, it was definitely Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it was so. definitely Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> um, but, then, but, but then, you know, you got Backdraft, Ransom, you know, huge, huge, huge for my company. It is. And, and um, but... What's the difference? And this would have been like a question for you to ask me, but I mean, I'll ask myself <laughs> what's the difference between a documentarian and a filmmaker? Yeah, because when, when I said, oh, like you said at the beginning, oh, the, my, when you said one out, I went, yeah, yeah, definitely eight days a week. And you goes, I thought we were going to do real films. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then, then when, and then being a documentary, I'm like, how are we going to talk about a documentary? I mean, but I got to tell you, I have such a huge respect for documentarians, Me you too. know, um, Massively. not only because 
the detail of their work and 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 everything but it's just that like um you can't really plot out a documentary yeah. you let it happen yeah. you let it unfold the timeline is, is its own isn't it you can't vary that it is the timeline this is what happened and it happened in this order really and and what you had to do is then you have to piece you have to stitch the pieces together yes. it's like a patchwork you know and like because um, I saw a, I saw an interview with Ron Howard and um, the remaining Beatles um, Paul and um, Ringo and it was a really good interview with Abbey Road and everything yeah. talking about you know oh, we got the great Ron Howard, you, I think they were like, we got the great Richie here from Happy Day. Richie, Richie, <laughs> was, no, but they were taking a piss out of him. But, but he's just a huge fan, isn't he? Well, yeah, no, no, but the I mean, but he mind. had to, he had to sit in the editing bay, finding and deciphering, like you just said, Absolutely. this footage, yes. as well as also working on it from the sound aspect. That's right, you know, because like for those who are fans of the, you know, like the Beatles, uh, they had major, they when they got bigger and bigger. And he started to play more and more places like stadiums and stuff and going around the world. And the first band that ever did that, obviously, they broke the mold there, you know, and created that sort of environment for music. I mean, you know, I mean, it was it was amazing because they didn't say that people died, but a lot of people got sick and, you know, and and, 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 and whatever and hurt um, and stuff. But so Shea Stadium. Yeah. Like that to me, that was that was an interesting bit was because uh, what they did was. Uh, they they showed how the Beatles were out there to performing, and they even said like they couldn't even hear each other. They had to just look at each other That's and realize right. like, That's okay, right. I'm gonna have to shave my shift. Uh, right. Oh, the song's over now. That's right. <laughs> and That's right. um and the audience, you know, they couldn't really hear it because yeah. they 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 played for us the version of the music coming out of the tannoys That's right. because they didn't have they didn't have the ability to have uh, PA system. No PA system. Like you know, a it's, a, it's, a, it's a baseball stadium. It sounded like a transistor radio. Yeah, exactly. So you heard it. You heard it sounding like that, and then you heard like what they had to do beefing it up in the studio right. for right. us watching right. it as the film. Right. So we were hearing the song proper, but like you know, like imagine paying for that, but people didn't care. They just wanted to see those four guys. That's right little dots on the field and to be able to say I was there that's right and Whoopi Goldberg was there you know yeah no yeah she tells a fantastic story about the Beatles because like uh, she talks about how um, she felt they were for everyone like because these were like four English boys two Americans you gotta understand where she come from like two Americans during the Civil War (laughs) Civil Rights during that period you know um the Beatles didn't appear like as as white people. They were just English boys. That's right. And yeah. and they and That's because said, Epstein yeah. gave him their particular look and style with those Beatle haircuts That's and right. everything like that, and, uh, um, and the suits. That's right. You know, they didn't represent like the hooligans or yeah. like the rough uh, hippies right. or anything that right. people were seeing or growing around. That's right. So like here were these like four really polished, funny. That's you right. know, funny lads <laughs> and stuff, and they 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 took the world by storm. That's right. I love that first interview in America when they've just landed literally at mm. the airport, and they drag him into the into this room and stick him in front of a press conference. Yeah, and the, one of the guys says, "Are you going to get your hair cut while you're over here?" And George says, "I had mine cut yesterday." Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. That's uh, just typical of their humor, isn't it? Yeah, but but it, it is also true. I mean, like it, yes. it's also because it was the sixties. I was pointing out to uh, Phil there that you know I'm looking at their hair it was so chiseled. You know what I mean? Like the you know like the uh, the sideburns that go to a point, and I'm like, wait a minute, man, this is like um, Chekhov from Star Trek. That's right. <laughs> you got it. Bang you know on. what I mean? And and and, 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 and definitely no, but because ru- rumor has it, like <laughs> as a fan, I look at these behind scenes. Rumor has it that like because Chekhov came in season two of Star Trek and they wanted to attract the young people oh, and obviously wow. they said okay well one he's going to be a Russian and two he's going to be a Beatle that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be a Russian Beatle but before he came on Spock also had that kind of Beatle cut too that's as true. well you know especially with the pointed uh, sideburns yeah, so it's, it's, pointy, it was just not just pointy sideburns mate it's pointy ears as well well, well his ears were pointed not the Beatles come on man come on come on come on and stuff. But what but, I would say is, I, I, unfortunately, I know you've enjoyed this, and and we'll talk a little bit more about about the, the serious stuff that goes yeah, on yeah, in, yeah. in in the documentary. But yeah. unfortunately, you missed the, the the cinema experience because when you, I, I was lucky enough to be aware of it. I couldn't wait for it to come out, and went straight away to see it at the cinema. Mm. The the cinema audio system, it was just such a hugely overwhelming experience because it was just so much better than watching it on the TV. Or yeah, the of course, of course. It was amazing. Course. And it felt to me, like I said to you before, it felt to me like because of the three-part harmonies and they were so in tune at the beginning, they were so in tune. It was like listening to the Beach Boys but on some sort of speed or something. It was just phenomenal. Oh, man. So I, powerful. I got to tell you, I mean, like, um, you know... Uh, I know you already picked uh, the music that we're going to, like, play yeah. um, and everything. But then let me just tell you, like, I think we all grew up on this music. But, like, watching it in the documentary you play, it was just so fantastic. So one of my favorite tracks was Twist and Shout. Yeah, absolutely. because Because, first of all, I love Ferris Bueller's rendition and Ferris Bueller's okay. Day Off. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. But, but, but there was something about watching... Um, the Beatles play that song, you know, like, um, like because what they tended to do was you got Ringo on the drums, you know, you got a mic, you got John off on the side by himself, yeah. and usually you have George and um, Paul sharing the mic. That's right. Now, there was no reason for them to share the mic except for that's the style that they wanted, sure. you know, like they'll sure. come together, yeah. you know, like dueling banjos and yeah, share the mic. Yeah, yeah. So, but so what they would do though, so when they do, ah. Uh-huh. 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 When you said about the three part harmonies, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but then they would like shake their hair, that's like, right. and, the, and the girls would go crazy, taking a baby, and it was just like to me, that's that's the track we should play. But what's the first Beatles track we're gonna well, play? I'm gonna start us off with the an outtake from um, from the film, which is a, a different take on the eight days a week, the brilliant song that's eight days a week. So we'll kick off with that one, all right? Cool.
right, so yeah, so that was that was um that was uh eight days a week and everything, and you know, and Paul, I mean not Paul, look at that, I'm calling Phil Paul. <laughs> Phil, Phil had to give me a slap while while we were off there because he had to say, hey, please mention that that Twist and Shout is an Icy Brothers song and everything like that, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> So, uh, Phil, I wasn't really beating. They pulled that out of the. They pulled that out of the bin, did they? they? Did, but no, they, they, they did. made it their own, they though. Absolutely did. Yeah. Now, now you're making me forcing me to go and find the Icy Brother version. Of course, it's brilliant. So, so is it still like the raising up the yeah, harmony thing and the, the screaming and everything? Of course, you know. But... Onto though the, the, the serious subjects that uh, that we wanted to talk about, and that mm-hmm. that is, uh, th- there's a section in the film uh, from 1965 where they they're heading down to the southern states of, of, of America, and they're lined up to go and play in Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville in Mississippi. It's the Jacksonville, Mississippi, uh, yeah, city, and and it's on screen when they they're actually asked on screen. I you know are you, are you aware that they, that's going to be a segregated audience and. Paul says, we, we, well, that's just stupid. We don't, mm. we, don't, we, don't, we don't do that. That's just stupid. We just play for people. We don't play for people of one sort or another. And, and then it, that, that's where that interview ends. But then off, off, off mic, off camera, then they get together and they flatly refuse to play Jacksonville. 
mm-hmm. which is revolutionary, quite frankly. Now, the thing about it is, like, so we're from Liverpool, right? And so, well, I, well, I like to say, well, we're not from Liverpool, no, but I live in Liverpool. <laughs> we both, but both no, okay, here's my, here's my point. My I'm point well. is, is that <laughs> I've been here for, like, over 20 years now, and I've been doing a lot of, um, you know, documentary stuff, sure. you know, and I've been doing a lot of stuff around um, the black um, music artists from Liverpool. Absolutely. And who really got a complete raw deal. Going back to those days where we're talking about Mersey Beats and all that sort yeah, of Yeah, yeah. We hear about the Mersey Beats, That's which right. is really kind of like more like guys from over the world. That's right. But, like, the thing about it is, is the fact that, that, you know, there was a lot of, like, um, black vocal harmony groups. That's right. That's right. Now, the Beatles, being from Liverpool, they used to hang out at a place called the, uh, it was called the, uh, it was called the, was it the White House? Yeah, yeah, but like my point was is the fact that so they loved the vocal harmony groups of like like the chants and Absolutely. and all these things. They would go and, and you know, watch them play at the cavern, you know, and everything. And they were the ones who got all the notoriety, meaning Beatles. That's right. But the, the, that was the group that they were following and stuff. And um so like when they said that stuff in that interview, they're right. I mean, like, they, they come from an integrated they part did. of the city, they did. They did. right? The South Bend sure. part of the city That's where right. they grew up with black music. They, right. it, it made no difference to them. Right. I mean, there may have been, you know, some uh, different racial events that may have happened, you know, um, as, as it does and it still does today. That's right. But the them, they didn't have that. They were colorblind, man. They didn't, you know they, what I mean? They, they, and People were just people to them. Yeah. Because that's how they've been brought up, as you say. Yeah, so. and I mean, there was even like a big thing where the Queen met them and the Chance at the same time. Fantastic. Like there was a, like a picture and stuff like that. Amazing. But um, so that was that was that was their reality. So for them to say that, I believe that. And it's a shame that like um, Ron Howard didn't know that much about Liverpool yes. to that extent. It really because is if American. it was my documentary, yes. I would have put that it's in there. American centric, really. It, no, 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 no. I'm just course, saying though. Yes. It's like we don't, we don't, we don't hear enough. And and sure. and so that leads me to uh, what I wanted to say about them getting to Hamburg because Hamburg was supposed to be their big change, right? And they make they 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 don't they don't uh, mix any bones about it. Um, yes. They say if we didn't go to Hamburg, we wouldn't be yes. who we are. They were playing eight hours a day. Yeah, and 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 I mean, like, so what? Um, they couldn't get there, you know. They had, they had, they had to drive. That's right, and everything like that. Brian, you know, had to make an arrangement. It wasn't Brian at that time. It was a, it was a Welsh guy called Alan something. It was a, it was their first oh, manager. Yeah. He owned the Jacaranda, which is still going. Right, 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 right. Sorry right. about that. Um, but he knew Lord Woodbine. That's right. And so Lord Woodbine just was a guy with a van. Right, exactly. Yes. It wasn't like he was anything <laughs> special. He was just a guy with a van. That's right. Yes. Right, but he was a black guy with a van. That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. So it's like, hey man, I got to get my guys to Hamburg. Can you do it? Can you do this? I think he was into Calypso. Am I right? I think that he. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah, he had a musical background, and I'm not going to just say because he's black. You know, but he had a musical. So, but 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 the point was is that so he was a technical integral to their getting there. Yes, he was, and everything like that. And so, at sometimes, you know, and he still. He, he was like kind of like a like a tour manager in a way. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then uh, sometimes road you know, manager. road manager. That's right. That's right. What tour manager, road manager, ain't that the well, thing? That's what it's called these days. And stuff Sorry, like that. Bro. So, so in that aspect, though, it's just, just that I just want to say uh, 
I wish they would have mentioned him in this documentary, you know, yes. um, and because Woodbine also had like um, um, two children that grew up to become integral in the black music scene in Liverpool, you know, which is Hudson Phillips and Barbara Phillips. Shout out. You know, shout out to them, man, especially Barbara Phillips, who who uh, created Positive Impact and is still making roles uh, with young people today as far as artists are, are concerned and training and, and getting them into doing their things and stuff like that. And um, uh, Hudson is still running shows like with Heat Wave and all that kind of stuff, that bringing like stiff. older groups, uh, like Odyssey or whatever, to Liverpool, Brilliant. you know, as as so an event much. management. So That's anyway, I just wanted to do that. But get me a ticket. Yeah, no, no, no. Hey, man. But you know, either way we look at it is, is like this was a great documentary, full of great music. You know, that makes you bop and dance and stuff like that. So Absolutely hit us right. with another Beatles. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to the Ed Sullivan show, man, which was their first introduction to the states. Uh, it was in uh, February 1964. The, America was in a depression after the after the uh, the assassination of of, of JFK, mm -hmm. and and th them coming on the Ed Sullivan show was a massive event for America. Seventy million people watched those shows, you know. And this is all my loving from that. It's a live take on a great song. KCC Live 99.8 on the FM down the station with attitude and that was all my loving and stuff like that you know and you know the the music the discography of the Beatles is just too vast for us to be picking your favorite songs but I mean hopefully you're enjoying that and everything else like that but what I wanted to pick up on is that when you talked about the Ed Sullivan show you know the he, 
one of the major other major things about the Beatles were um, they were the ones who brought us kind of like uh, the idea of creating music videos. Yeah, that's right. Right, that's and right. everything like that's that. Right. And you know, um, I'm not just talking about um, Richard Lester who uh, did Hard Day's Night, which was a fantastic film. Yes, um, by the way, and that's everything true. else like that. That's true. Help wasn't that great, but it was uh, that's because drugs came into play. It, <laughs> it, it, it isn't that great. It's got to be said. Yeah, yeah. Totally but, 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 but. Uh, so anyway, um, the Beatles was really tired of uh, performing. You know, um, they were starting to get like long in the tooth from around performing and everything. And um, so what happened was they had to appear on the Ed Sullivan show again because he wanted to be the guy I found the Beatles <laughs> and stuff like that. So, like, uh, they said, but they were kind of, like, double booked. And so they said, hey, you know, um, we, we can't make the show, right? So, like, uh, what we could do is, like, we got a crew following us around. And if they, what we could do is we can actually shoot, um, we can actually perform in the studio. That's right. Right? And everything. And not like it's your studio. True. Right? And um, so what they did was they, they, they went to a studio, you know, and they shot, uh, we can work it out. That's right. And stuff. And um, so Ed Sullivan goes, hey, yes, here we are with the Beatles. And they cut to the tape of them playing in the other studio. We can't work it out. We can't work it out. You know, and, and, and people go, ah, right? And, and the Beatles are not there. <laughs> and they're not there, you know? And um, and so Ed and everybody was like, hey, that was really good. Uh, can we do that again? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and so um, this time, uh, the second time, um, they did uh, Day Tripper. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. But then they threw in some cheerleaders. And here are the cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> the cheerleaders come down, start dancing the Day Tripper. They don't, they don't, it's they don't. a great clip, yeah. that, isn't it? It's a brilliant clip, though. No, no, no. But I'm just, yeah, but it's just the fact that, that you know, so um, they were the first band to do that. That's right. To, That's you know, right. like, not make a public appearance and, and, and do... Uh, um, and That's right. So it's kind of like, the, in a way, kind of like the first music video. And... Um, but also because they were filming all the time, they started doing, you know, like Strawberry Fields Forever. And, yeah, they did, they did um, a couple for uh, Paperback Writer and and the B-side of that rain. Yeah. They did that in about 1965, 66. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, promotional films. And, of yeah. course, things like Top of the Pops, they couldn't get there. Yeah, so no, exactly. That's what they play, yeah. But but being the first band to do that, that's right. And then and then what happened was to close it all out was what happened was is that you know a couple of years later when we get the American version of the Beatles, the Monkees, which was my one of my favorite shows, sure, yeah, yeah, um, and everything else like that, is that they capitalized on it because the show was kind of like instead of just doing Hard Days Night every week, you know, That's which right. was random montages uh, right. of the band. Yes. They started to throw in music videos. That's right. And they became like, you know, they were like the first ones to really That's do music brilliant. videos. This is we how music videos got well. started. We love the monkeys as well. Did the monkeys play over yeah, here? Yeah, man. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, man, we got to do that on TV Squad, but well, that's another show. we're talking Bob Rafelson now, aren't we? Well, oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, <coughs> and, and you know, Jack Nicholson had a little bit, had a little bit of taste in there and stuff. So, um, so, so let's just, say that's what, what our last Beatles try before we get out of our trip. Yeah, again. just through the numbers. I mean, on release in the in, in America, it grows twelve and a half million dollars, which for a documentary uh, is a phenomenal uh, mm -hmm. uh, result. Really, I haven't got the actual worldwide figures, but 
it really went out via Hulu, I think, ultimately, and, and that's how it made its money on yeah. on that through through the uh, the online channels, obviously. But so that's that. It was a great success as a film. And yeah, are we going to play out now with uh, one from the rooftop on your favorite? Uh, oh yeah, from the Get Back documentary and everything yeah. like that, and like uh, same clip from the Get Back documentary. So it's kind of right. like it only goes to show it's part of all the lost footage that had to be compiled yeah, together exactly. and stuff like that. And so. I'm just trying to illustrate what a great band they were playing live. You know, and this is I've got a feeling. Yeah. I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside. Oh yeah.
dance our way out of our constriction. Gonna be freaking up and down the hang-up alleyway. With a groove I only got, we shall all be moved. Ready or not, One minute. 
So that was uh, our first like triptych into the uh, career of Ron Howard um, here on KCC Live 99.8 on your FM down, the station with attitude. And this is the Tunnel Vision Show with Chase Johnson Lynch and Phil Bill, where we look at films, um, soundtracks, and the authorship of the making of the films and everything. So, like, we're on to our second triptych uh, film by Ron Howard that we selected that we will talk about. And um, since a lot of them, have like uh, similarities as far as like family and ensembles, as well as the Howard family has to appear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, uh, we thought we'd look at parenthood, which, 
yeah, you know, on a rewatch, we both had said that this is a really amazing positive I, film. Isn't I'd it? probably watch it one, at least once a decade because yeah. it's on the TV or whatever, and I love it every time, every time. But I had no idea it was a Ron Howard film. When you said to me, "Well, the first one I'm going to pick is Parent," I said, "What? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me?" I thought he couldn't have been old enough to have bloody. Um, to have um, directed Parenthood. It's yeah. 1989, but, oh, yeah. my God, what a great film. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it was an ensemble cast, but it had uh, central central casting of uh, Steve Martin, you know, um, as a family man, and, and, and you know, his uh, two sisters and their families right. and stuff like that. And, um, you all know, the, the stars the... of the times, you yes, know, pretty much, right. you know, coming Jason together. Jason was obviously towards the end of his life. Oh, my God, Jason. Yeah, 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 no, no, Jason. As, as, as the patriarch, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, oh, right, I forgot, yeah, they had the brother Tom Holtz and stuff like that. Um, yeah, powerful piece that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But what I would like to what I would like to start talking about is is that uh, the main family, Steve Martin's family, Steve Martin and Mary Steenburgen, who who doesn't love Mary Steenburgen, um, that their family, you know, uh, because when I look at it again, when I've looked at it again, um, it really made me think this is a huge testament uh, or a treatise on the autistic spectrum. You know, and like, you know, um, because this was made at the time that people weren't talking about the spectrum. It wasn't named in the film. It wasn't named in the film. That's exactly what's going on. all the kids all pretty much had various different um, challenges challenges and everything, you know, um, of of, uh, autism and stuff. And and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I haven't thought about that. And you got to think that it's not just like crazy kids. You know, the kid just like always sticking his head into into things. Um, You know what I mean? And or, or the or the daughter is like you know always being like overly friendly. Um, Or but 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 mainly you had you had you had the uh, older son who was really verklempt. You know he had a really like oh, he he had um, uh, issues like That's you know right. like uh, right. when the lights went out and uh, your favorite scene with the uh, the dildo light. But <laughs> that was hilarious. I'd forgotten that joke. Oh no, we kind of explained that really now. Oh, that's, that's a you explained it. Oh my God. They're, they're all sat, having a family dinner sat around the table with the flipping lights all go out. Oh no, we've got a power cut. So uh, he's at his sister's house and he says, I've got a flashlight. It's up in, where is it? It's up in the bedroom. Okay. So he, he, he he he, uh, he stumbles around and can't see anything. He grabs this thing and brings it back down, says, is this it? And the lights come back on and he's holding <laughs> an extremely large dildo. Extremely large. <laughs> front Good on you, Diane Weiss. Oh, my God. Oh, no, that's so funny. Don't take it too small, girl. <laughs> oh, wow. Unbelievable. I'd forgotten that. Uh, yeah. the, the thing that I always look back on, it. Uh, I will come back to the other yeah. jokes. Anyway, the so, like, the whole point is, like, so his other son, you know, um, you know, he had uh, he had high anxiety and stuff. That's right. But what, what, what was very clear when you look at it again, I mean, first for comedy, you're looking at it for comedy, but then we look at it again. Steve Martin had high anxiety, 
You know, it was like a passed right. down trait. That's right. You know, That's like right. he was as verklempt as his son was, and he would tell him, "Look, I had issues so you as need a to kid." Explain that term. Sorry, you call, using the term verklempt. Is that what? You oh mean? well, I mean, you know, he was uh, tight. Sorry, mate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Verklempt. You, yeah, yeah. you know, like oh, he was, oh, I get what you mean. Sorry, he, yeah. was, he was tight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like tense stuff. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, the the boy was wound very tightly. Yes, he was, and so was Steve Martin. Highly strung, and yeah, and so was Steve Martin. Steve Martin can't do anything unless everything's organized. But so, he wasn't. He wasn't OCD organized like you say. It was like, see, like the deal he's is on the edge of it, though, isn't he? He's no, no, it is. But this is what I'm trying to say about the autistic spectrum, and mm-hmm. what people don't realize mm-hmm. this is that it's a wheel. Right, so there's various different things that people can go through from dyspraxia to Asperger's to self mutism. Yeah, yeah. That like yeah, it's yeah. that they can hit any one of these. Um, Ding uh, on a given day, sure like it's thing. the wheel of a clock, you know, like you spin the wheel, ding, right. and stuff like that. Right. So in that aspect, it's hard to diagnose, and and any doctor will tell you that you need uh, several years to actually try to give anyone one particular diagnosis. Sure thing. But that's why they created the spectrum and said, well, we know you're on the spectrum, so yeah. it's clear. <laughs> but it's usually passed down. Yes, absolutely. Spectrums are passed down. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, um, so for <laughs> those scenes where he's interacting with his son, like, in the um, video arcade and everything, and then it's his birthday, you know, yes, and, yes. And, and stuff like that, you know, and he, uh, he wants to get him Cowboy Dan. <laughs> and then what happens is that, so he promises him Cowboy Dan, and then Cowboy and Dan can't show up. up. <laughs> Yeah. The shipper turns up because they got crossed over in the diary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where's Cowboy Dan? Oh, he's in the hospital. <laughs> so, but that's just, they weren't expecting him. <laughs> I just love this. I love that scene. He does it so fantastically. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Joke after joke. Yeah. Brilliantly done. But, but what I would say, though, is about the autism thing, it's so sensitively handled. Although, although the conditions aren't named, like we just said, it's so beautifully handled in terms of the impact it has on the family, how they want to deal with it, the amount of love they want to give to this poor child who's really struggling, you know. And it's but it's also it's also done. it's also about how in real reality in family you'd be like, oh, but Lisey's not Lisey's not uh, Gary, Lisey's <laughs> yes. not uh, her that, kid. Oh, that was really messed that's up. Right. That's <laughs> so and uh, so Diane Weeds, who we just said the woman with the you know the flashlight, uh, yes. you know, like so she has a daughter who is sleeping around with Keanu Reeves. That's Good right. on you, girl. He, <laughs> oh man, he, he's such a great character. He just comes straight out of um, Bill and Bill Ted. Ted's yeah. adventure. And it's, it's before they did the second one, obviously. And he's just such a dude in this. Yeah, he's yeah. He's so cool. But um, but um, but she has a little brother, Gary. Uh, oh, wow. Played now, by Lee Phoenix. Now, Lee we had a whole thing. I had to check this out right online. Go ahead. As I'm watching, I'm yeah. thinking, hang on. That is obviously one of the, one of the Phoenix. Yeah, kids. well, his name's Which Lee Phoenix. Yeah. I checked it out. It looked online. It said Lee Phoenix. I thought, oh, blimey. I haven't heard of Lee Phoenix. So I clicked on it in the list. It, Took me to Joaquin's page on Wikipedia. I thought, what's going on? That kid who's playing a 13-year-old adolescent is Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Which blew me away. It was amazing. You know, I mean, it's just amazing because he comes from a showbiz family, but his family grew up on a commune and stuff like that. So um, all the kids had 
different kind of like earth style names like River Phoenix That's and right. uh, Rain, 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 Rain Phoenix right. and all that That's kind of right. stuff. So right. obviously as he got older, he changed from Leaf to Joaquin and stuff that's like right. that. That's so right. like that's, that's right. that that's what happens. That's so right. the guy who's the Joker is a little kid who uh, uh, is a little <laughs> bit too in touch with himself uh, in this movie because <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a young man who needs very, some guidance. I was put very delicately. And, and yeah, and, and But it's so real, bro. Keanu, it's so real. Keanu Reeves' character Todd he does speak to him. And you know, he, but and this is, this, you know out. what, Phil, this so is this beautiful. is what's perfect about having older brothers. That's right. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm a or younger brother to an old. Uh, missing, I'm a, missing having a younger, bro- an older brother. Is yeah, you right. know, because, I mean, even though he's not an adult, uh, uh, he he's just like, I understand. That's you know right. What I mean? I've been through it. Um, yeah, we all But the it. kid had no one to talk to because he only had a sister and his mom. He's in the dark. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's well pointed out because she so much wants to help him. That's right. Um, dying his mom and stuff like she. She's well, she's guy. trying, but he doesn't want to hear it because right. you're a woman. You're not gonna understand right. that and I want to do something to and myself. Your, and your mom, my mom, I can't talk to my mom about this. I yeah, mean, exactly. That's the last person I can talk to about this. Oh, what about that scene where he calls his dad? Oh, it's heartbreaking. Oh Absolutely my god! And she's like, "Oh, you ass." Yeah, it's desperate. oh no, but it was like it was. Oh god, I oh, I'm getting hives over that because what an incredible scene. You know, when you grow up in split parent households and stuff like that, you know, who doesn't know that moment where your kid wants to like go with the other one? That's right. And 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 um, you know, and as the parent, you know, it's like, do you say, "Oh no, f off, your 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 dad is this that and the other thing," or do you? You let him, you know, and like, um, you know, I, when I was 10, you know, like, uh, I wanted to do that. And my mom let me go stay with my dad, you know, who was in Ohio yeah, yeah. and everything else like that. And, um, shame of it all was, is that I get there, you know, dad picks me up, you know, uh, I think we, uh, you know, uh, go get some meat, takes me to his sister's house and dumps me there. Yeah. And everything like that. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, doesn't stay. I'm dumping you here. It's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll stay here and stuff. I'm in a, you know, in a, you know, in a, uh, a big bed, and I'm thinking, oh wow, this is, I guess, kind of cool, and everything, and um, you know, and it, it was, it was, it was a horrible experience. Let's just, that's, let's that's just, that's <laughs> but either way, it, I can understand what the kid was going through and stuff. But uh, well, it reflects what he goes through with his own dad. What 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 Gil goes through with his own dad, who yeah. drops him off at the baseball and leaves him with a, <laughs> with an usher. He goes and does something else. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was that was that was that was great. That was that was great seeing that and everything. And um, but also too is is like let's not forget Rick Moranis and his oh, like uh, really brainy kid. That's right. You know because. She was kind of like in a, in a way, not in like the self muted stage, but she was like the hyper um, intelligent stage. That's right, you know, yeah, like that's using right. that like Zilla brain and everything like that. So she was like very intelligent, but then that's all she knew because that's what he was pushing her for. But then the mom was trying to get her to be more. Well, you know, she look. Real. She she doesn't. She doesn't know how to interact with other kids. That's right. She's an alien. She's what are you weird. doing? Yeah, what are you doing? And stuff like that. And it's like, you know, it's like, it, it, it's a great film. But before we go, we got to play a song for yeah, it. We well, got to, we got to, you know, yeah, you got well, to hit me off with some Randy Newman. Randy, I don't care was, what you think about was, Randy, yeah, but you got to hit me off with like some Randy. I don't like him. He was nominated Whatever. For, for I Love to See You Smile. Okay, cool. I was born to make you happy. Just my style Everywhere I go 
telling everyone I know Baby, I love to see you smile Don't want to take a trip to China Don't want to sail up tonight Wouldn't want to get too far from where you are Cause I love to see you smile Sink without a faucet, like a watch without a dial. What would I do if I didn't have you? Love to see you smile in the summer, in the springtime, the winter or the fall. The only place I Wanna be where I can see you smile at me in a world that's full of trouble. Make it all worthwhile. What would I do if I didn't have you? Just love to see you smile. I love to see you smile. I love Randy Newman, man. I mean, you know, Toy Story, who who doesn't love I those songs? It. They're very simple, <laughs> but they're great, you know, and everything. And this one is just one of those, I think, man. Yeah, fair. You know? Um, but I think, I think, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things, like, do you want spoilers? Like, I, I would say that this is definitely a film to enjoy. We won't give away the spoiler ending of it. No. But, like, uh, but... Um, it's just brilliantly written. Brilliantly written. 
Yeah. And um, and Ron I would just want to say, it. I would just want to say for Ron Howard and for a family film, they did have a risque moment in there. Oh, not well, just not just not the just dildo. The, like there's more. There's more. But it's all yeah. Let people discover if they haven't seen this film. Let them discover it for themselves. It's so, oh, okay. What you so mean? Well you done. mean you mean that we shouldn't say? There's a way you could relieve tension, <laughs> but maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> Probably not. No. Okay. <laughs> How about no. I leave it there? There's a way you can relieve tension. No, but maybe the way we'll leave it, right? We'll, we'll, the way we'll leave it. This is a whole roller coaster of emotions. It's all the good stuff, the bad stuff, and Grandma at the end sums it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but I I like that scene when Steve Martin is like you know he's literally like vibrating like That's he's right. literally like about That's to right. explode That's right. and I love the way Ron Howard chose to shoot that shot you know mm-hmm. to show like how everything's just creeping in on you and you just can't the you can't take it building. anymore That's right. and, and everything until you know he had to just subside it and stuff mm-hmm. and everything and you know, you and just have grandma, to let it go. That's right. And then grandma steps up and tells this wacky story. He's thinking she's a mad old bat, this one is. She and she thinking. was. But she actually comes up with, you know, the, the, the truth of life. The wisdom of the ages. The wisdom, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, so a lot of people liked the roundabout, but that was boring. I liked the roller coaster because that was just so many different emotions. And that's, of course, the analogy for life, isn't it? You know, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Grandma loves it. And you've got to love the journey, haven't you? You're not the destination. It's about the journey. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, you know, I mean, like. Box office before we finish on this one. Yeah, of course. $126 million in whoa. 1989. You know, whoa. What a success. Huge on its release. It was absolutely huge. It was number one box office. And there was a lot of competition around as well. But it had it, it also had to cost a lot, though, because of all the actors in it. I guess. I guess. I, there, I've got no take on, the, on unfortunately, on the cost. Ah, it's not okay. available, unfortunately, because it's quite an old film, you know. Yeah. So I, could, I did some digging, but I couldn't find it. No, no, no. I mean, but I'm sure they broke even. Uh, even. Oh, very, I mean, they ended, up, they ended up with a TV series yeah. uh, version yeah. and stuff. Well, apparently they did one and it failed. Yeah, but still, it was nice. Then they they, it was nice one. to know that they tried, and they did it again. Though apparently, a, a few years later, and all right, and it went for six seasons. So it whoa, I know. Okay, I'm wondering was, which one I saw then. I think it was 2010. I think the second one. Yeah, but I'm still wondering which one I saw then because I do remember that they did wink a series, but then uh, yeah, I think the first one was quite soon after the film was, was mm-hmm, released. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, and I think it died, like I mm. say, it died. Again, something I have to look for. Yeah. Know? See, that's what you get from this show. You that's get right. you get recommendations. That's right, absolutely. And stuff that's like that. Now, about. please find out what, how to relieve tension. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to check that out. That's so you know, funny. you know, I mean, listen, you know, um, I think it's time to go to... Uh, um, our uh, Motown uh, media section, uh, music yes. section, okay. and everything, uh, and we g- get a, get us some of that night nineties music going. Get on down.
Welcome back to KCC Live 99.8 on your FM down The station with attitude here We got the Tunnel Vision Show with Chase Johnson Lynch and Phil Bill And you know we're on to our third triptych now Of Ron Howard Films And everything And like uh, this we might have a debate on Because you know I totally loved it And Phil seemed to have some issues And okay. everything like that So like but then also too is Phil is going to try to expose me uh, With my conspiracy theories And I'm like Conspiracy theories do not belong in this show, Phil. We've got a whole other podcast for that. Oh, look at my podcast. I am trying to tell you how much I love this film, Apollo well, 13. We were in deep conversation. <laughs> and I said, so, well, you mean, are you telling me that you don't actually think that it was created in a film? Let's a talk about the film first before you try to, try to expose me. <laughs> let's talk about the film. Yes, please. Uh, it's 1995. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and uh, Tom Hanks, of course, as as uh, 
Jim Lovell, the uh, the leader of the the, the mission uh, for Apollo thirteen, he was on the Apollo eight mission. He was. He so he around. did get to fly around the moon, he but did, he didn't get right. to land. That's right. That's right. He was the, the, his crew that time were the first people to go out of sight around the back, the other side of the dark side of the moon, of course. Dark side of moon, absolutely. Yeah. So um, it's it's brilliantly brilliantly portrayed. The first thing I've got to say is that it's absolutely brilliantly portrayed. Mm-hmm. The uh, so well acted and shot. Yes, the technology that is is so brilliantly represented. Um, and I just wonder, is it- apparently I can tell you how. Apparently, for the interiors of the of the actual of, during the flight itself, they actually created two full size replicas of. Each the, uh, the the what they call the LEM, the lunar excursion module, the you know the landing mm-hmm. module, in other words, and the service module, and they created two full size replicas with removable sections so they could get the cameras in at different angles. I mean, the money that's gone into this. Well, well, well. Te- here's wow. a, here, 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 here's one of those behind the scenes technical things. Is it that like uh, this is one of the first films uh, where they utilize what they call the vomit comet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so like uh, what they would do is is that they can. They're supposed to be like you can fly up, you know, to a certain stratosphere, or whatever, and everything, and um, that you create zero g gravity. That's right. They start to drop basically. Yeah, it's of, coming back down. That's but right. It, so they have maybe like about ten, fifteen minutes of weightlessness. That's right. Well, probably probably less. I'm not sure how much it actually is, but it's that it's, it's, quite it's a lot. A, it's, it's, well, the point was they had to so keep doing times, it so they yeah. could get the that's weightless right. shots. So right. those were real. They were really weightless. Well, what they were, but that, they weren't in space. That's right. But what See, they, they could get the weightlessness, <laughs> but they weren't in space. <laughs> and you said that's right. <laughs> They're still in Earth orbit, yeah, bro. Me, <laughs> no, no, what I was going to say was they had to weigh up the differences between being harnessed mm. or are we going to go the whole hog with the with the vomit comet as you call it, as you say? Yeah. And they did the they did the last one, and Tom Hanks is quoted as saying it was just a, a joyful experience of filming this, which in harnesses with with hoists and stuff, it would have been absolute hell because we'd have been so uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah. What, but what but, but it is also the vomit comet because you do do what you would think they vomit. <laughs> I mean, because you, right. you had to get used to it that's and right, stuff like that. Right, but yeah. especially when you're only getting like ten, fifteen. Max, because um, it's, it's heading down to the ground at a very high rate of knots to get so, to the so, so, Yeah, so when you think about it, it's like, because, you know, you got the montage sequence, but there was uh, the little sequences where they had to be, like, weightless or they had to go that's through right, the tube. That's right. And stuff like it's that. So it's like, uh, what shot are we going to get today? Absolutely. It's amazing. And how long they shoot yeah, that for. Right, that's right. And stuff. So Amazing. Absolutely amazing as a production. But, I mean, what I love is, like, the ensemble casting, like, um, you know, where everybody got dialogue, everybody got purpose, you know. um, You know, these, like, TV actors or known actors, whatever, you know, doing, like, little parts, but significant moments and stuff and and everything. But also, too, is you have, uh, you know, the Howard family. I mean, like, uh, Ron cannot, like, not do a film without his family. I mean, I don't know. It's like, hey, here's your check. Here's your check. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I mean, like, you know, you got dad who's in everything. I don't need to work for anybody. I work for my son. <laughs> you know, Rance Howard. Sure. You know, like, sure. I think he was, like, a priest or something like that. You know, and everything when the families were watching it there. But, you know, the old lady in the wheelchair. Right, yeah. That's his mom. Oh, no way. And she yeah. acted that brilliantly. Well, yeah, she well, but that was, like, the whole thing. I mean, was like. Was she a film person or what? Well, 
in the early in the early days she did farmers work, yeah yeah but in the early days she did but then then she mainly raised the family My and God, then she's brilliant in that and then like she um Jim she wanted to she wanted to come back i mean like and, and i think she came back with cocoon did she and everything that's because, another one of his films i love yeah that film. yeah yeah that's, because uh he had all the older actors and actresses in that so, so she uh she appeared in that but yeah no but that was her in in in, in, so, in yeah, that in, she's in playing, there she's playing the captain the captain of the uh, uh, Lovell's mom she's Lovell's playing Lovell's mom, mom and, right, and yeah, everything right, but then done. she gets they give her I Buzz Aldrin and I didn't get that she was uh, no 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 but that mean but because you always recognize you always recognize um, Clint Howard you know and everything whether he gets a small part or a big part sure. you know because like they just got a book out now called The Boys have they yeah like they're on a tour now with Ron and Clint and everything and uh, talking about their experiences yeah. and, and, and stuff and um, but yeah yeah, you know, I mean, cool. what's great is like Clint, you know, he, he's a good go-to for uh, Ron, you know, like I can always trust him. And then even if I don't have a, uh, a part from him, I give him like like a PA or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just feeding my family. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Well, he's just constantly not? feeding his family. No, no, exactly. Because he's comfortable with it. You know, like like one time Clint got a role because uh, an actor didn't show up or uh, anything like that. So then Ron said, all right, take that microphone off and you get in there, you do the scene. It's like just like an an extra or whatever something like that but you know but it's clint so obviously you only he's going to recognize when clint comes on sure and stuff like sure. that so you know it was that kind of good but either way is like so what was it that you had a pet peeve about the film well okay i i, I came back to the same point where I, where I got to when i watched it when it came out and yeah brilliantly produced brilliantly acted um the sets are just amazing. You you are with them in the module as they have to go around the moon and unexpectedly instead of landing on it, you get the disappointment. That's all brilliantly done. I'm, me, I'm with the geeks where, who are trying to put everything together. I love those Amazing. Bits. But all that's so... I loved all that stuff. So yeah. I really did love all that stuff. And it was building the tension. Mm, yeah. See, that's what I was trying to say. Because you were trying to say that I know what happened, so I why should I watch it? I still got to that point, unfortunately. Because when you get to the uh, the ultimate moment of tension, is they've actually managed somehow to limp back. Well, we won't go into yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. limp back to mm -hmm. into towards Earth's orbit. They make adjustments at the last moment. Otherwise, they're going to bounce off into space and never be seen again. Yeah. And then you get into the reentry point, and th that's where the tension of the film is building to. It's the ultimate tension point. It's the high. Yeah, because it was it was it was because it was it was one but of the it was one of the most watched moments on television. But we all know what happened. No, no, hold on. It's one of the most watched moments on television. But it was like five minutes. I know of yeah, what is yes, going on. Absolutely. So like like what? So the buildup in what what Ron Howard does with his montages and everything, you know, because he had all different people from his son and in, in, in um you know like uh, military school, you know, to the family, to the mom, and all that other kind of stuff. You know, he he really stretched those five minutes out. You know, and but like where those five me, minutes of silence. I don't know how that didn't grip you. I don't care I if I know what's going to happen. That's like if I saw the film before and I'm going to watch it up again. To that point, I was with it and in it, and then and at that point, the same again. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that they're going to get through this, so they're waiting on screen for five minutes to see if they're going to come out of it. We all know they came out of it, so I'm afraid it pricked the bubble at that point. And it all it all deflated for me, but I'm still not taken yeah. away from the, the, the film. See, see, see. This is when I was talking to Phil about you know, like there are these like um, how should I say these overhyped 
cheesy moments in Hollywood films, especially in endings where, you know, you get like crowd sequences watching something and everything. And, you know, you're supposed to build up tension and then the crowd goes, ah, and everybody's elated and you can't help but be elated with them. It's like watching a Rocky fight. Okay. You know what I mean? And I, and I don't understand. I don't I understand. the Rocky films. I thought the boxing was Oh, well, whatever. All right. That's another argument for us. <laughs> yes, it is. But yeah. either way, is, I just don't understand why you don't get that tense moment, uh, uh, that beautiful moment. I'm sorry. You know, when well, he says Houston, we're I'll whatever. tell you what, if anybody doesn't know the story, then please watch it. You know, I mean, obviously, we've given the game away already now, but oh, for no, anybody who's not. Come on, you know, just said I knew the game. I mean, for yeah, anybody yeah. who. I've, 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 I've given the spoiler out of memory, but mm. for anybody who, who doesn't know the story, it would be amazing to watch that film. But I'm afraid for somebody who was there at the time, I was 12 or 13 years old, and, you know, it, it wasn't that long before the. The film was produced Well I mean You would have to be Within a purple haze To have not watched This movie So Great soundtrack And that's my segue (laughs) dude You were supposed to say That was a great segue Not great soundtrack So hey Here we go (laughs) (laughs) Hendrix Brilliant purple haze
All right, so yeah, all right. So that was a purple haze. Hopefully, that uh, you know, like brought you back into reality. And like, uh, what we wanted to do was maybe we'll just sidestep for a second into unreality. Uh, what were you What were you saying about that? I uh, feel about this. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll tell you what you do get. Um, you do get from this film. You actually get that appreciation, which I think got lost very quickly back then. Mm. Um, that they were literally, even when these admissions were functioning fully, they were on a knife edge, I mean, a continual knife edge. Their lives were hanging by a thread. We're mm. talking about, we're talking about um, analog technology. It wasn't, even, we hadn't even reached the di- di- digital age at this point. Yeah, and we're not even selling your phone heavy exactly, and stuff nothing, like that. So, I, so my old thing was, how do they have signals that reach that far? Yeah. And I think that, and I'm wondering if the movie took a license with this is that because um, we don't really know or remember back then. But because um, I do think that when Armstrong first did One Small Step for Man, that there was a time delay. It must have been. Yeah, you know, been, so like, but then these conversations in this film, because it's a long film, you know, they're having like back and forth conversations yeah, where it should have been. I felt it should have been more of time delays. Incidentally, shout out Fred Harris. I thought he was absolutely. Super oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing. Gene Prince. Yeah, as the head of um, Mission Control. Mission Control on, the, on that mission. You know, so they, you know, it's kind of like they could just turn the button and go, yeah, what's up, Mission Control, and all this other kind of stuff. Or, it, you know, they could talk. license, we can give them that, can't we? I think yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. Then, then, then the thing about it is, my whole thing about it is, you know, um, my cell phone signal can't reach Jersey. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, yeah, let's get to the crux of this, shall we? <laughs> You've been telling me for a long time now. But as far as you're concerned, the space program took place. So their whole idea was supposed to be in a they, Their whole idea is supposed to be that the propulsion will shoot them up into the stratosphere and then the moon's gravity will pull them towards the moon. And the thing about it is no one ever mentions the Van Allen's belt. The cosmic radiation belt that is between us and the moon and everything, which some scientists have said that we have never actually crossed. So um, when we see space stations and astronauts in space doing the vomit comet flips, it's kind of like, well, we know that you could do that in lower Earth orbit. That don't mean you're in space. You are just, you just like winding people up. (laughs) Listen, man. Yeah. Did we land on the moon? There's so many conspiracy theories around it, and then these guys didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Just, just, so just, this film wasn't about landing on the moon. It was about yeah, yeah. getting close to it. Switching slightly, slightly <laughs> the subject, though. Yeah. The other thing, that, the other reason it's lost a lot of its impact, I think, for me, mm. is that they are obviously talking about what would have been the, the worst disaster in the, in the history of space. Yeah, like I never lost a man in space, and at, I'm not going to do one at now. At that point. And and then of course since um, it came out in 1995 they lost two two space shuttles you know you thought, oh those so, space shuttles like Sally Ride and all that yeah yeah in reality, Challenger so it really you know it's kind of again lost a bit of its impact in that regard yeah but I'm I'm being I'm being possibly I'm being a bit too you know a bit too critical maybe it's a great production. Um, no, it's great production. It was a huge success. Huge success, man. And like uh, you know, give us the numbers and then like uh then we'll hit us off with uh some grooving track. Absolutely. It, it grossed out at three hundred and fifty five million dollars worldwide. Massive I mean it must have cost, I don't again I haven't got the costs, but mm. it must have been hugely expensive to make as we already discussed. Yeah. But that's still a huge success. And 
Academy Awards, I believe. Academy Awards, certainly BAFTA for Best Production Design and Outstanding Achievement in Special Visual, visual Effects. <laughs> and an Academy Award for Best Film Editing and Best Sound. So, absolutely. Critical success, uh, a financial success, and uh, just, uh, you know, yeah, massive. So, there we go. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, so uh, as our uh, third triptych film, but, um, well, hit us off with some uh, grooving, man. Some grooving from the Young Rascals. Right. So, I mean, hey, man. So, I mean, you know, like, uh, that's how Triptych films on Ron Howard and everything. Um, you know, uh, I think it's been really great. I, I think, you know, looking at his filmography that you have here, you know, maybe at another point in time, you know, uh, we'll, we'll look at more imagined films, um, you know, and, uh, you know, look at another triptych. Yeah, he's got um, such, you know, because you said, such a range. Yeah, such a range. Yeah, no, definitely. films. And stuff, and um, he's just such an overwhelmingly nice guy, you know. And like uh, now, his daughter Absolutely. Bryce is now directing, you know, that's as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Bryce. You Lange, know, yeah. so it's like the next generation yeah, and everything. So I mean, like, um, um, so I mean, yeah. I mean, let us know what you guys think. You know, hopefully by now, you know, um, 
we're building up a audience base of uh, listeners out there yeah, that give are us some enjoying feedback, our, guys. You yeah. know, I um, mean, you know, contact <laughs> us through the KCC Live website, um, On the Facebook page. You know, or even through our own channels and everything. You yeah. know, because like I said, you know. Uh, and it's been a Liverpool online takeover. So, it I mean, was. like in that aspect, if you like what we do, you know, watch some of our other shows. I mean, you know, uh, on Liverpool online. On I'm, YouTube, I don't think if you go to LVP online or LVP online music. Or the Geek Essentials, Geek uh, Essentials you know, because, you know, we do we got TV Squad and right. Cine Squad is back. That's right. You know, uh, we got mid-morning music. So, right. uh, and uh, Phil also has another show. Uh, it's only music, isn't it? It's all just music. It's all just music, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, with a great uh, co-host, uh, yeah. Liam Brady and stuff yeah, like Dr. that. Dr. So. Brady. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Boom. Dr. Boom. I'm Liam Boom. What the hell are you calling my Brady? Okay. Uh, you know, and, and everything like that. And, you know, so uh, this has uh, been another great breakdown, uh, another great conversation, um, you know, and everything. And also give us some, like, who do you, who else do you think we should uh, tackle? Yeah, you know, know. Um, let us know. You know, because I, I would tell Phil, like, on air right now, you know, like uh, I was thinking about uh, next next week we could do Spielberg. Yeah, well, there's another guy we could do two parts or three. Oh, parts. definitely, definitely two, <laughs> two, three parts. I mean, because I I was just thinking, oh man, Jaws, but Duel. Oh, massive. You know what I mean, fine, and all that other kind of stuff. And I mean, you know, so yeah, man. Uh, you know, so definitely, definitely, man. Cool. Um, so look at that, look at that. Shout out to the next show Fantastic. and everything. So um, what we're gonna do? I guess we'll do our final um, song call out and everything and uh thank you for watching us here on kcc live 99.8 or even listening you still you're still in youtube mode man that's right they can't see me and my sexy self tell us if you want to see me and my sexy self because you know i mean like yeah yeah exactly i am used to youtube right now <laughs> well, you know, you are missing out. <laughs> 99.8 on the FM dial. <laughs> you can't see Chase. <laughs> but you can tell he got attitude. <laughs> <laughs> he got sass, man. He got sass. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Get off me. Get off me. <laughs> all right, let's play that song out, man. <laughs>